Welcome to another episode of Overflow Podcast, uh, formerly known as the Christ Sees You Podcast. Um, today is a special episode. Uh, I got my dear, beloved, my bride, my wife, uh, Emily Robinson. Um, she's here in the studio with us today. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have her on and um, to, you know, Roe v. Wade is a, a big thing in our culture right now. So I I thought she'd be a, a good a good guest to come on and just provide some per perspective, a different way of thinking about things. And um, so, yeah, uh, Emily, thanks for for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I feel uh, like that's what you have to say. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is a yeah, it is a pretty kind of boring standard way to start uh, an interview. So uh, yeah, I don't have correct. a creative comeback. So yeah, here we are. Basic. Here, here we are. Um. So as always, I start off by just affirming guests, um, which, you know, doing this for my wife should be the easiest and also the hardest at the same time. Um, but yeah, you are someone who um, I've seen just grow so much in, in your walk with Christ, obviously, because of our proximity. But I know and have been able to see you uh, minister to women who have um, just experienced a, a wide variety of situations in their life. But you've always been someone through, you know, being a therapist, um, specifically a massage therapist and working with athletics. I've seen athletes come to you and open up about so many different things. And um, you've been able to yeah, talk about Jesus with them and actually be that comfort place where they know they can um, talk about what they're really going through and what they're really experiencing, what they're really feeling. And um, you're always willing to speak truth into their life. Um, and it's been, yeah, just such a, a cool thing to see. Um, so when I originally started this podcast, um, and I wanted people to be able to open up and talk about things that have really gone on in their lives. What's hard about doing this is that I know there's tons of people at Cottage Grove who have stories, right? But I had to start with the people that trust me enough to, <laughs> to open it up. And, you know, even doing this for you, um, you're nervous about this. Your palms get sweaty. Like They are very sweaty. <laughs> just talk, talk a little bit about why, why this makes you feel that way. Um, I think the main reason that it makes me nervous is that it's unexpected. Um, and I think that's probably how a lot of women who have experienced abortion, what their stories feel like. Like, well, no one would expect it of me or, um, yeah, or be, when you have shared, people were shocked and silent. Mm -hmm. And so then you feel like you have this surprise factor in your testimony. Um, because, you know, it starts, you know, I grew up in a Christian household and I went to church every Sunday and, you know, keeps progressing that way. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you, you get to college and you're without structure and all these things and things start falling apart. But it's one of those, you know, like we're discussing the Ten Commandments in our house a lot right now as you prepare for the Sunday message over that text in Exodus 20 and... You know, the one that everyone thinks they'll never have to be challenged by is like, you know, don't murder. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, that's not me. And that's people's response a lot, right? When we talk about things and it's like, well, I didn't kill anyone. And you're like, cool. Thanks. Thanks for that. And it's one of those comments that it's not intended to be hurtful. But when you don't truly know the people next to you and then yeah, you know, that just creates a lot of dynamics. And then you start thinking, you're like, well, I, I can't tell people now because that's the one thing that everyone thinks 
nope, I wouldn't do that. And then all of a sudden you're, it's you. You're the one that did that. But yeah, I think the the nerves, it's, it's the horizontal that's mm. intimidating. It's, you know, the people who don't know that that's part of my story, like, oh, are they going to treat me differently now? And I know that the, those are definitely like, I mean, it could be true. It probably is of someone. Um, and that's okay if you feel differently. Um, but the reality is some people will feel differently in such a good way because then, you know, I bet from this, there's probably going to be at least one one person who hears this and will be able to share their story, their full story, um, you know, whether it's with you or with me. Because um, that's what's happened in the past, right? The first time I gave the my true testimony in detail of this is exactly the depth of my sin and my selfishness. That same night, right, someone immediately came up to me and said, you're not alone, and she slipped out of the room is what it felt like. I don't know if that's actually happened because... <laughs> but she left pretty quick after. Yeah. yeah. And then it was like a week later, like a pastor was like, hey, I have someone that like... You can talk, you know, I don't know if it was a week. That's what it feels like in my mind. Um, but it seemed like so, so quickly after that, you know, there was a next woman within our own church body, like people who had been attending regularly. These weren't like, you know, oh, I have this side friend. Like these are women in our church who weren't able to share. Hmm. And, yeah. So what, what gave you the courage to finally share your, your true testimony? Um, other people's testimonies, honestly, like people went straight into, and just, just for the record, for those listening, uh, our baby boy, Noah is strapped to Emily's chest right now. So (laughs) if you hear weird sounds, it is not us. (laughs) It's, it's the baby. It's the baby a hundred percent. Um, but yeah, uh, other people came like right off the bat sharing the depths of their struggles and were super honest about things and um I was like oh and everyone in this room like loves them and they feel their pain and that they've carried that by themselves and then I was like oh well I don't have to like carry this dark heavy really yucky feeling thing by myself anymore because all these people stayed like no one no one walked down like, oh, well, <laughs> can't be friends with you anymore because you did that. You know, it, it really just brought people closer, which really, even just saying that, like verbally processing aloud without kids yelling around me. <laughs> it's crazy to think like the reason you don't share is because you're afraid people are going to leave. But when you do share, they come closer, which mm. is just such, again, like, Enemy just isolating you and making you feel like you're the only one, and yeah, it's and, wild. And and I I think what's crazy is we saw that in our own relationship. So, um, just yeah, it's like for me, so much of my walk, it's like I knew of Christ, but was I really following Christ when I was in college? No, we started going out, and even how we started going out, where we following the Lord, where we are going to church, but. It's like we were sexually active and then I went off to the Olympics and I was sexually active with other people. (laughs) And uh, I felt that conviction when I came back. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And I told you about all that. And I was expecting, you know, the relationship to be done. And then you told me your test testimony. and um, Which really makes no sense. Like, no. why did I feel the need to share that detail of my life? Because well, I'm sure it was, you know, you, you being vulnerable it, and it like, was, hey, yes. I could lose something by sharing this. Mm. And then, yeah, obviously I needed to tell somebody. Yeah. <laughs> And I, and I think that's just the point is like, it didn't really make sense why you would, because, but it just shows how when you're, when you reveal the truth and you're vulnerable, other people feel it's that reciprocity. They feel the need to, to do the same. So when you were like, oh, he's telling me the truth, like, and it wasn't like you found out the truth. And I was like, okay, I'm found out. I so no now I'm going to tell you, I just told you, I was like, no, like I have to start truly living for the Lord and following him. And you more than any person saw that change of <laughs> where I was to, you know, um, what became after that. But it's like you shared that and yeah, I, I don't know what you expected, but I feel like the way you told it to me, you expected me to be like, oh. Well, I'm out. I think that's really what it was is I didn't want to make a decision because I knew I wouldn't leave the relationship based on what you said so i was like well here's a big piece and maybe like you'll just go because mm -hmm. i i was saying i knew like cheating wasn't good for me mm -hmm. but where i was at especially before like eh, we can work it out everything will be fine everything's awesome <laughs> so i feel like there was probably a little like self uh i don't know what word i want to use but like, well, maybe if I tell him this really bad thing, like self-sabotage. Yeah. Like, like here, yeah. I'll, I'll just throw myself under the bus mm -hmm. here for this thing. And then he'll leave. And then I'll just try to start over again. Yeah. Just it's crazy. Sad. Yeah. Um, so then after that, cause you're talking about that closeness, then that was after that conversation, I feel like that's when we actually really got close because I feel like, the veil, all the, all the nonsense and the, the masks and all that stuff was gone at that point. <laughs> and it was like, yeah. okay, who are you to like the true depths of like all your sin, everything God has made you to be, like, it's all going to get exposed. All our insecurities, everything that we went through yeah. is all. The, why are you the way you are? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I think of that phrase and it's like kind of a funny thing. Like, Oh, like, why am I the way I am? And you kind of like laugh about it, but it's like, no, really like why? <laughs> and yeah, going into that deep, deep yuck with someone that you trust. Yeah. Then you can climb back out of it or at least look around and see like, how did I get here? Mm. And yeah, it's good. Um, so then in Phoenix, this is the first time I, I can remember it, but, um, you were treating a young lady mm -hmm. and do you remember, you remember what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell that story. Um, so this was, um, well, kind of a cool part of our life. We spent a lot of time together. We worked for the same company. Ian was doing marketing bits and organizing some online education platforms. And I was doing, um, manual therapy and, it's a really cool environment of people from all over the world and um, pretty high performance level for track and field. <clears throat> and 
I had been treating this one gal pretty regularly, and we kept kind of having these same issues. Um, this sounds bizarre when you're unfamiliar with manual therapy, but sometimes bodies can tell you a lot, and there's kind of an intuitive, um, you know, in the church, we would call it gifting, <laughs> um, where, like, bodies will kind of tell you where to go, and, I mean, there's people much smarter than me that could explain the reason behind it, and one day maybe we'll get there, but um, I've definitely learned to trust in the gifting and to follow, um, you know, tissue tension and the quality of um, their movement to areas, and we kept coming back to this left hip lower abdominal region, and I had just asked her, like, hey, like, have you had any like, digestive issues, you know, what do you, what does your menstrual cycle look like? Like, have we had any injuries through, you know, lower abdominal, abdominal ugh, area that, you know, like I'm, I don't, I'm not aware of. Um, and there's sometimes where I, I ask athletes questions and they're caught off guard or they're not sure why I'm asking. And, um, you know, her response was no. And I was like, oh, there's probably like a little bit more into that, but, um, I'm not a digger. I don't, <laughs> I don't go. Yeah, I'm a digger. <laughs> yeah. I, I wait. I'm a waiter. Uh, so it could be months before I find something out that Ian could find out within seconds. Cause he'll just ask the question and I don't, I'll think about it and I'll think about you for a long time, but, uh, won't dive right in there. But, um, we finished our session and, um, she had, left and gone to change and then she came back to the treatment room and was like hey like I need to talk to you about something and um you know anytime you're in like a kind of small circle you know there there's drama and different things that happen when you're around the same people all the time and um you're kind of isolated in this bubble so I'm thinking you know something social you know like okay like let's let's walk through something so um she like pulls me aside and we kind of find this little hidden corner and yeah she she shared for the first time the only other person that she had ever told um, was her boyfriend at the time that she had an abortion in college, and she she had not told a single person outside of that boyfriend. And that was just crazy. And she's like, I don't know why I feel the need to tell you. Like, I don't know if that could have anything to do with, you know, the, the hip stuff that we're dealing with. Um, I was like, well maybe you feel comfortable because I also have. And it was just this moment of like, oh, this thing that is such a weight for me. And like, you know, even though I, I know Jesus died for my sins and I'm forgiven, there's still the reality of like my, how broken I am in that. And um, so there's still like guilt that you can experience and shame in it. But I was like, oh, like, that moment showed me that he's going to use the depths of my sin to comfort and to care and to lead other people Amen. to him. And that was pretty special. Yeah. I, I remember when you told me about that and it just hit me how like that Romans eight, how God uses everything for good. It's like, taking something that is so negative and so heavy. And this is what I love about like prison ministry. It's like you can take someone who has been through a lot and has done a lot mm -hmm. and they can just reach people that 
you and I just could not reach because of the life that they live, the, the, the things they know and what they have experienced. And that is a whole section of this abortion argument that, and I shouldn't say argument, just a, a, a about it that doesn't get talked about because people get silenced so much with it. And it's just, oh, you're bad, you're bad, it's wrong, it's wrong. And they hear all these things, especially with social media. It makes all these women clamp Retreat. up. Yes. And so then when women are having abortions, there's no one feeding and talking to these women because all the women who have experienced this and gone through that pain aren't actually, don't feel like they can actually come out and say it because of like the, the persecution they feel like they'll get from Christians. Yeah. So they just, I'd say it's probably just to clarify, like women who have had them that grew up in the church and are a part of the church yeah, yeah. feel like they can't speak about it. Yes. Um, just to clarify, because there, I, there are women that obviously are, you know, for, yes. you know, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so then from that, uh, when, when you say, when you see a lot of just obviously Roe v. Wade happening and all these discussions and like the, like the things people say, just provide some perspective for people, um, especially males, I would say, um, mm -hmm just to think about when they're talking about this and when they're bringing arguments, because a lot of times it's based off of, well, this is what scripture says. And that's what, you know, scripture says this. So it's, it's, it's very black and white. Um, and I, as, as you know, I'm a very black and white minded person. <laughs> um, but you've helped me to understand just to see it and the gentleness to approach the situation with and understanding there's a little bit more to it than a lot of males sometimes realize. Yeah, I think there's always going to be a component that a man can't understand when it comes to, pre like, pregnancy, labor. You know, I can tell you what I'm feeling when I'm pregnant, when I'm in labor. Well, I don't really remember because, you know, God designed our brains really well, <laughs> which is why we have four kids. <laughs> um, but I think that's the the biggest component um, for men is to recognize, hey, I don't know what it feels like, you know, and what, what do, where do babies come from? Sex. <laughs> so that's a component. Even our, our sexual experiences are very different in our anatomy. We're different. So the idea that you can tell me exactly how I should feel and how I should respond to things without asking or at least just stating like, Hey, I don't know what that feels like because scripture is true, right? Like, so when you're using scripture, that's a wonderful thing, right? Like God gave that to us to use as a tool. Um, yeah, it's good. Isn't it Noah? <laughs> um, but yeah, I think where you can get yourself into, um, a conversation that's going to go nowhere is when you're just like, well, the Bible says this is wrong and you don't allow for the conversation and it doesn't make it right, but the compassion to understand there's different consequences for a man who has sex than a woman who has sex, right? Like we see that <laughs> and it's quite obvious. Um, so yeah, I don't, I can't remember yeah. what else no, 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 you had asked of it. No, that's, that's, that's good. And I, I think, um, 
you know, one thing you've helped me to, yeah, think about is it's, it's very easy to completely rip all of the emotion out of this. Right. Mm -hmm. And yes, do I think that, you know, you know me, I'm mind over matter. It's like, I can do what needs to be done and rip the emotion out of something. Mm -hmm. But if there's a time in your life where you're very emotional, it's when you're pregnant. That's when women are flooded with hormones and all these things. And so to just say it's not an emotional thing is just not, that's just not true. Yeah. <laughs> the, the body, the, the God has designed women so that when they are pregnant, your, the, your brain literally changes. The structure of it changes. The size of it changes. Mm-hmm. And which is again purposeful and that, that hormonal shift, I can't care about everyone else's feelings as much as I normally would because I need to care for this child. And so it's very intentional that we, we change in what our experience and pregnancy. Um, again, like God's design is good and intentional. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's hard to, to remember sometimes when you're in the thick of it because you're like, why Lord? Mm-hmm. But also, you know, sin curse. That's, that's part of the reason why it's so, it's a lot. So what, but, what do you think in, that the church can do to better support women? Cause that's a whole other argument, right? It's like, it, it's one thing to tell someone you're in a tough spot. Abortion is sin. You shouldn't have an abortion, but it's a whole other thing to then be a church that steps up and helps to actually meet needs and help to, um, one, make sure people have hope in, in Christ first off, but then help to lower some of those anxieties that would make someone want to have an, ab- an abortion to begin with. Yeah. Um, I think how we speak about pregnancy, how we, especially unplanned, well, on our term, our terms unplanned, um, I think that is probably the, the biggest component because I remember growing up hearing how people viewed unexpected pregnancies. And, and you mean like out of wedlock? Yes. Yeah. 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 And even, I felt that even in <laughs> even our <they're>... kids, <laughs> like we've, we've been married for eight years and there's this dialogue that pregnancy is something we as intelligent humans can plan out to a T. Oh yeah, people act like we're like these out of control animals because we have four <laughs> kids. I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> like, but it'll also be the same people that you know God's plan is great, and it's like, yeah, and it doesn't make sense to us. Like, there's, <laughs> which if you if you're curious how all these kids have come to be, like, it's definitely God's intention, you know. Of anyway, but that's what science tells us. Like, oh well, you can track this and you can track that and you can shoot for these windows and people are doing that and they're still not experiencing pregnancy. They're still not getting pregnant. So you can't tell me that unplanned ones, that God's not in control of either side, right? Because they, three of our four have come on God's time, not ours, right? Like they're five, almost four, almost two. And eight weeks I think maybe nine roughly but um yeah I think being intentional in how we speak about things that happen just in your home I feel like is the biggest one like raise your kids to know that hey you know like sexual temptation is huge like we have all felt it we've all experienced it 
Um, I guess I shouldn't say all. I don't know everything. That's, but um, don't present it as something. So when your kids grow up, they're naive to the temptation and the, I don't want to say dangers of it, but it, it can be very dangerous. Well, this have an in, and having an incorrect view of it. Yeah. That like sex is this bad thing. It's like, no, sex yes. is a gift of yeah. gift from God. Sex is bad. You will get pregnant. These are both bad things until now suddenly when you're married, it's supposed to be this beautiful, wonderful thing that God created to show you mm-hmm. this glimpse of heaven and this intimacy mm-hmm. between him and the church and like you and your spouse. And now, well, all I've been told is that sex is bad and I'm, I'm wrong for like wanting to do this. Like I can't even go into my sexuality with this positive connotation because you've been told it's bad and that you're. And that's even in the context of marriage you're saying. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been something we've had to work through Mm -hmm. because I'm like, "Uh, Oh no, like I, I can't want to do that. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is silly. But again, and I think that's why too, when we experience infertility issues, it's because we think we can, Oh, well, now I want to be pregnant, so I should just, my body should just snap, immediately snap be ready. And turn it on, flick the switch. And yeah, because you see other people pregnant unexpectedly. Mm. So if I plan it, then it will definitely happen. And, um, but yeah, I feel like I keep kind of yeah. cycling back to the same things, yeah. but um, just be well, gentle in the way you speak of things because I, for me, that was a, a big component. I had heard how people close to me felt and, you know, like, well, you can make choices. Yeah, you can make choices. And sometimes you make good ones. And a lot of times we make bad ones in a lot of things. And anything where life is created, like, like God is still in control of that. And I think that's the part that is kind of heartbreaking of like when a young woman or older woman, that's an, ex- you know, when you become pregnant and people can't even celebrate that there's a new life. Because all you're thinking about is how your life has changed or will change. And you have no idea what I thought was going to happen. My plans, all of this is like shattered because I'm 18. Well, turn, turning 19, I'm supposed to like have a whole person. What's everyone else going to think about me? I didn't doubt my ability to be a mother. It was just in that time. What does everything else now look like? What kind of person am I that I did this? But yeah, I think what I would love to see the church do is change how we speak about sex in general. I know, not that we're telling kids like, you guys, it's going to be amazing. Everyone, you know what? Just try it now. <laughs> you know, I'm not suggesting that. But there's but, a culture of not talking about it at all. Yeah, so, that creates curiosity. Yeah. And then when you go to school or you're around your friends who maybe know more than you, and, and, you know, when you're young, it's cool to talk about things like it's really great when there's there's no way anyone's, <laughs> you know, if I remember in middle school, people talking about sex and how great it was. There's no way kids have sex in middle school is ever good. Like, and so, you know, myself, I was like, well, my mom doesn't know anything like her saying sex now that will change your life forever. Um which, you know, she was right, but I was like, well, she just doesn't know. Like, everyone else is saying this, and, you know, when you're a kid, you, you know a lot of things, but... Um, one thing you also talked about, I can't remember it exactly, but you've mentioned to me 
doing something where women can like work and just kind of get away. Um, do you, yeah, you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk a little bit about that. I think it would, if we could develop um, a program or a system um, where particularly women who are in college and become pregnant, where they could have an internship for a year. Because there is a component where, like, you don't want to tell anyone. Um, but I feel like for myself, if I could have told my parents, hey, there's this really great internship opportunity, housing, I'll get, you know, like, I can work, I'll develop skills, I'm going to go do that for a year. I don't know if I would have made the same choice because I could have gone and, like, hidden in plain sight in, like, a work environment. Um, cause I think when you're in school, <laughs> you, <laughs> I know, no, you don't want to, you know, you have your four year plan and depending what program you're in, like my program was very specific. You take like the, every semester was very laid out. There was not much that you could shift courses around. College is all about the plan to be successful. You're, you're on a specific path. Yes. Yeah. And when you know, I think in your your early 20s and late teens, you, there's not a lot of normalcy. You know, you're changing. You're now independent, which you're really not. <laughs> your your brain's not mature until you're 25. Like, there's so much that's happening around you that you can't control. You don't really know yourself yet. And then your plan, that's all you have. So you're just clinging to that unless we really know Christ, <laughs> right? Like I should have been clinging to like my hope in Jesus and the goodness in that mm-hmm. instead of this plan that will get me from, you know, this point from 18 to 22. And then, you know, I'll figure out the next thing after that. Um, it's really all about success. That's what we prioritize success yeah. over everything. Yeah. Else. What, what we've mm-hmm. defined as success, yes. which is not typically what, Like the Lord says about it, right? Like if I blatantly sin to maintain my track, because that's what's good and right in my mind. That ain't it. Like so far from, um, which, you know, definitely reveals some idols in your own heart of, yeah, achievements and plans and success and giftings and I'm smarter than that. I think that's another thing that we can be careful how we say like, only you're dumb if you get pregnant. Like you know how like you know how that works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah people, I can people do say say stuff like that a lot. Yeah, and 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 people said to us as married folks. Yeah, like you know how babies are made? No, we don't. Like I, I wasn't there. <laughs> like you you do and and I I I'm smiling talking about this cuz I can I can f- already imagine someone listening and be like if you don't want to get pregnant, here's things. Well, you know what? Those things don't always work. And you can, you can make that Ray argument exists. for all sin. Yes. <laughs> There's always something you could have done to not yes. go down a certain path. And yeah. All right. But I'll, the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. That is <laughs> the truth. Yeah. Um, so one, one last question before Noah wakes up here. Um, we talked about the fact that we have four children. Talk about how that has taught you about God's grace. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Um, I'm laughing because this is where I get a lot of feelings, which is cool. This is, is a, you know, obviously like the, the big part of any story is like your, your major God moment and what you, yeah, how things have changed like my voice now. Um, but when I used to tell my testimony, it's like I got to the point where like I had an abortion and then everyone was quiet and I just held on to my feelings and like I, I literally couldn't share anymore after that. Um, but it wasn't till this fall when we went through God's stories again that I was able to actually talk about like, okay, now after that, here's all these things. And, um, I remember going on a walk around Gray's Lake with um, our friend Annie, and it was very early in our friendship, and we were talking about babies, because that's where we're at. We both have small kids, and um, I don't remember how it came up, but there was an opportunity where I was just like, oh yeah, this is a choice I made. And I was like, this is the first time I'm hanging out with this poor girl, <laughs> and she's going to be like, hmm, but it was super safe. And I was just like, yeah, like I, I did this. And I think we were maybe talking about infertility because that was something that that's really hard to, um, I never quite know how to come alongside women. Well, and I've realized like we've probably hurt people accidentally by just being like, yeah, we have these kids without really trying (laughs) and people are trying and long for it. So desperately I'm like, gosh, we have probably just, broken some hearts by not being aware or mindful but I revealed to her like yeah I I had an abortion in college and it's just I really thought I like wouldn't be able to have kids after that like I don't I do not deserve them at all like I had one and I said no thanks not now and ended that by choice knowing it was wrong which is just a whole nother (laughs) level of intensity but she was the first person who was like, each one of these kids, like, well, that's God's grace. Like, mm-hmm. now you have four little people that, like, God gave to you in the time that he knew was right. And, and no one had ever said that. I never thought of it like that. I think that's the first time I was like, oh, like, I now can say, like, you know, grace is an undeserved gift. But until you receive that, it just doesn't hit the same and I, I think it brings our stories from Jesus died on the cross and just stayed dead to he rose three days later. Mm-hmm. And that's what was amazing about when you told your testimony that last time is Jesus died, but there was a very clear he rose three days later. And I think my advice for anybody when you're thinking about the toughness of what you've been through in your life is that don't just sit in, don't just end it on Jesus dying. Um, see the grace in the story and that the fact that he, he rose again. And that's, that's what this walk with Christ is, is all about is we're, we're given all these graces that, you know, we, we don't deserve. So. But I think too, if you're in it and you're not sure what the grace is, maybe it just isn't clear yet. Like Ivy's, Ivy was four when we, I had that conversation. So it took me four years (laughs) to realize that is what from you know and so four years from that which would have been like six six years from the choice that I made that's when I really knew what what it was so I don't know that wasn't very clear but that's good 
That's it's okay good. if you're not sure it's what not. it is yeah. because mm-hmm. you will one day. Well, Em, appreciate you hopping on. I, I, so I already know what it is. Like I already know this is going to be um, this is going to be a blessing for whoever ends up listening to this. God's going to use it for, for His glory. So thanks for thanks for coming on. <laughs> Later, y'all. Until next time.